and welcome to GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of the Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I am your host, Sharon Mandur. And I am your co-host, Laura Munoz. And we're here with Javier. Thanks for being here. Thank you for inviting me, guys. I'm very glad of being here. So Javier, could you just tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of research you do? Yes, I am an international student. I'm from Chile. I am in my second year of my PhD in sociocultural anthropology. And <clears throat> my research focus on linguistic anthropology, specifically in indigenous language revitalization. And I work with an uh, indigenous group in Chile called uh, the Mapuche people and their language that is called Mapudungun. So I, I am working, following them in, in their strategies to try to revitalize their language. So they are working in the schools. Uh, they, they have uh, create new programs to, to try to teach their language in a school. And that is what I am trying to uh, analyze and see uh, if we can uh, create new strategies to improve that in general terms. Cool. Uh, I think that in order for us to digest this, ex uh, especially for people who are not like on the anthropology uh, or that side, can you explain us a bit what anthropology is and more specifically what anthropology linguistic means? What's the goal of that area of research? Sure. Uh, anthropology, anthropology is about a <clears throat> culture and behavior of uh, different human groups. So how people engage in their everyday life uh, using a cultural approach. So what are the symbolic aspects, the meanings, the social meanings that are involved in their everyday life. And linguistic anthropology in particular, focus on how language uh, is part of our life. There are different fields uh, in linguistic anthropology, for instance, one of the most important is language socialization. So how older generation teach a language to the new ones. So who is in charge of teach the language to the new generation? Uh, which are the, 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 the means to, to, to do that? Uh, who is in charge of that? And in particular, in relation to the indigenous language uh, in the indigenous language situation linguistic anthropology deals with the effects of colonial and post-colonial situation because many indigenous people uh, face a situation in which the, the 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 language is losing vitality that's the concept the, the, the idea of vitality of language is uh, in danger is treating it uh, there are many problems that are um, making an interruption in the socialization of that language. You know, uh, I don't know if I explained it correctly, but the, the, the idea that the socialization of the language is, is problematic due to the colonial and post-colonial situation uh, this, this group faced. So Javier, uh, could you give us a little bit of background about uh, the school system in Chile and uh, just like Chile in general and how it applies to your research and where, how the situation got to where it is now? Sure. 
the educational system is centralized in Chile, and that means that the Ministry of Education decides everything, even the problem of the indigenous people in very remote areas in Chile. So indigenous people doesn't have many much control over, over their education. So um, in the case of the language teaching, the indigenous language teaching, this, ha this, ha this has been decided by the Ministry of the Education uh, with a centralized uh, uh, program, uh, a very standard program for all the indigenous group, not looking the specific context, the specific dialects of every group. So that is one of the main reasons of the failure of that program. The thing that the program is very centralized in Santiago de Chile, the capital, and also that the indigenous groups doesn't have many much uh, many control over the, the education system in their areas in their localities. So uh, you're you're telling us that you're studying uh, anthropology linguistic in specifically in Chile for the Mapuches. Uh -huh. So can you tell us about? So far we understand that the Mapuches are an indigenous uh, culture that exists in Chile. Can you tell us a little more about the Mapuches and? Why uh, do you think studying linguistic and anthropology in this specific uh, group of people is really important? Yes, the, the Mapuche people is the biggest Mapuche group in Chile. It's around 10% of the population, like 1 million uh, people. They are also in Argentina. It's a very old group with a history of 1,000 years. Uh, they have also the the, the particularity that they were the only group in Latin America that stopped the Spanish conquest and they got autonomy during hundreds of years. So the problem of the Mapuche people was with the Chilean and Argentinian Republic in the end of the 19th century. So the situation is very similar with indigenous people here in North America. So is more about settler, settler colonialism, okay? So how, how the, the, the republics and the governments uh, uh, make an uh, invasion of their territories. In terms of how many people in the Mapuche people speak the language, it's around 200,000. So the linguistic and the linguistic anthropologists call this uh, a threatened, threatened situation of the language. Right, so it's not completely disappeared, but especially new year generation are having trouble to learn it. But also, what one more I can say about the Mapuche people? The Mapuche people is a very they live more in rural areas in central south of Chile and central south of Argentina. Um, but also, we have a very huge diaspora, very huge migration of Mapuche people that live in the biggest city, especially in the central south of, of Chile, like Concepcion or Temuco, and many Mapuche people live in Santiago, actually. So that is one of the places in which the, that is one of the reasons why the language is loose, right? The migration. But even in the rural areas, we are having troubles, or they are having troubles to teach the language to new generations. So that is, that is my focus. The Mapuche people are also more uh, in the rural areas are involving uh, agricultural economics. Um, 
and they have a lot of troubles. They have a lot of land disputes, land claims with the farmers, the Chilean farmers, and a big, big problem with the forestry industry. So sometimes, uh, sadly, we have a very violent situation between the between these, these three actors, uh, the Mapuche people in the rural areas, the forestry industry, and the government and, and the, the police and the military that are always. So we have new Mapuche political movements, a lot of radicalization, uh, conflicts, strikes, uh, Mapuche people in jail. So that's kind of the, of, of, of the situation, right? Uh, but that's that's more or less the situation about it's, it's politically is complicated. They have a lot of support in one part of the Chilean population that support them, uh, the, the, the Mapuche movement, the Mapuche rights. But I believe that work in the working in education and particularly in, in, in language is one way of trying to achieve a solution, cultural solution to one of the to one of the many problems that they face, right? Try to, 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 to at least deal with the with the cultural problem of of, of trying to help in that in that situation. Awesome. So we have the background of anthropology and social linguistic. We have a background of what's happening in the area and the school system. So I wanted to ask you as a follow up. Uh, what is your almost like re research methodology? How are you going to re do this kind of research? Because I'm not an anthropology. I'm yeah, not yeah. 100% sure how this works. So. The goal of my research is try to analyze how a, a group of communities of Mapuche people in South Central Chile are creating strategies to revitalize their language. So how, how they are trying to improve uh, the teaching of their language using the um, educational system uh, in order to socialize new generations uh, in the classroom, right? It's because they face the problem that many families doesn't speak the language. So now they are saying, okay, let's try to um, use the school system to teach the language to, to children. So they go and find speakers of the language and they uh, uh, give them uh, some uh, pedagogical and teaching training in order to uh, be able to make uh, classes in the school. And they are, in that way, they are trying to um, teach the language to, to kids, right? But these have many problems. Uh, one of the problems is that they, the methodology they use, and this is of course related to the program that is designed in Santiago in a very centralized uh, with ex so-called expert, is, is, is the methodology of teaching a single language. It's like we will say the same, the same methodology that we use in Chile to teach English, right? But English and Mapudungun or every other indigenous people are not the same. We have the, let's say the social, the, the sociolinguistic situation. Sociolinguistic situation means how many people speak the language, what is the legitimacy of the language, uh, how, is, uh, how we value the language is very different 
from Mapungungu, from indigenous language. So if you teach the language as a second language, uh, of course the, the 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 results will not be will not be very good uh, because it's not are two completely different languages. We 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 don't even have in Mapudungun a standard uh, version of the language. We don't have a writing system, so you can deal with an indigenous language as a, a big language as English or German or French. So that is one of the problems. We have to create a specific methodology for indigenous language, for teaching indigenous language in school. Uh, and that is what I try to help them. That's my goal. How we can um, elaborate uh, methodologies that are uh, culturally relevant. So how we can, how we involve uh, communities and schools in the teaching of the language in order to do a more contextual teaching of the language, how, how we involve elders in that process. Um, and that is what I wanted, what I want to do in general terms. So how I'm gonna do it, I will use the traditional methodology of anthropology that is called ethnography. Ethnography is the idea that you have to go to a place and stay with the people, learn about them, uh, try to uh, see with their eyes what is happening, try to understand their own concepts. So uh, what I'm gonna do is, is, is I'm gonna be in a, I'm gonna stay in a community Mapuche for one year. Uh, I'm gonna take Mapudungun classes. I know a little bit only the basis. I'm gonna be uh, in, uh, inside the school, the classroom, uh, I will, uh, talk with the professor, with the students, with the elders. So I'm gonna be walking around and talking with everybody in the in this uh, Mapuche communities, the school, try to find all the sites that are important for the circulation of Mapudungun. Try to find who are the speakers in the in the in the community, uh, who are um, try to understand how's the situation of 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 the language in the community who speak, who doesn't speak, and uh, uh, you know, in doing that, I, I, will, I will try to understand what is happening and of course work with them. So uh, the, the other very important aspect of this methodology is that you try not to, I, I'm not going to analyze them. I am, going, I'm, I am going to work with them, right? Try a little bit to serve them. So that's, that's more or less the methodology. So, be there, be there, uh, understand their, them, uh, try to learn from them uh, and work with them. That's so interesting. And I think that that last point that you make is very interesting to me because I do feel like that there's like a kind of uh, paternalistic view of indigenous people where you mm -hmm. say like, I have to understand them, but maybe, uh, they they could be already the ones that have an answer for their problems, right? So yeah. I was wondering if if they have their own proposals of how things should be, or like they have they have even found a solutions for themselves, but maybe just uh, other people haven't listened well enough or something like that. Uh, I I wonder about that because uh, if if it the, you you're telling me this is a very old society they 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 have been around for a long time so they probably advanced enough enough to uh 
to have suggested a lot of cultural and even like make proposals about how they want to live and which which systems or educational systems they want to have. So I'm wondering if if there's something of that or you're going to go and try to find out. No, completely. I have been working with this community for eight years. I did my master research then, but even even that that experience wasn't a, a traditional research was more a collaboration. They are very aware of, of their own problems. They have many proposals about how to solve it. Uh, they are very, politically, they are very, they understand a lot their situation. They have many, many good, good leaders. Um, so what I am trying to do is put my knowledge and my skills uh, to achieve their own goals and try to make some capacity building, right? So I I have I I I can um, make a I can transfer for them some uh, skills to understand more technically what is the situation of the language, how to um, uh, understand the or try to elaborate. Um, a, a teaching a teaching system for schools for instance so what what i what i want to do is make this capacity building transfer some skills but they are very aware about their goals the problems and how to solve it so what i wanted to do and ethnography allow you to do that is work with them right so i want to learn for them i want to make a contribution in terms of capacity building give them some skills uh, but they are very aware and I, I am going there to work with them and try to make a collaboration, but they are very, so we, of course, we have to avoid this uh, white savior complex. Of course, that's not the reason, but they are very aware of, of that too. And we are very, we are friends with them. So they are my friends since a lot of, a lot of years. So that's of course a very important, uh, but it's a very important point. And you have to be aware of that in terms of methodology. So in my case, I combine ethnography with two approaches. Is the, one of the approaches is the indigenous methodologies. So how to use traditional knowledge of indigenous people to advance in your research. That means collaboration and the colonization methods. So how we, how we researcher are a, how, how we have to be aware of about our own uh, concepts, our own power situation, our own positionality, when we go there and try to collaborate. So it's like you have to be aware of the impact that you could have on them by having privileges. <laughs> of course, of course, of course. Yeah, that's a, that's a, we have to start with that, right? Uh, I have a question because you were saying you knew the community for a while and you've worked with them uh, during your master's and I was curious how hard is it to reach out to a community and say like hey I kind of want to do this ethnography study would you like me to do it and like I feel like that'd be a difficult thing to ask so how would you like could you like, describe the process kind of? Yeah, it was was actually it's a good, very good question. It was very very difficult. Mm -hmm. uh, Mapuche people and Indigenous people in general are very tired, and they don't want more. Oh, the the classic anthropology. Yeah, yeah I want to help you. <laughs> no, 
a little more. Uh, and and I, I actually, I, when I wanted to do a, in my master project to do a, a ethnography with a research with Mapuche people was very difficult to me. And how I, I finally got to this, to this community, how I met my, my friends there was through another friend, my sister friend, has a friend that is a very important Mapuche scholar in Santiago. Uh, and I met him, he's very friendly and, and very clever. And I explained to him what, 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 uh, what was my intention, what I wanted to do. And he introduced me, uh, the leader, the chief of a Mapuche community in South Central Chile. And that was the reason that I uh, uh, ended knowing them, right? So without that, without an, uh, somebody to introduce me, it's almost impossible. Actually, I, I, before that, I tried to go to different Mapuche peoples and they even they didn't, didn't answer my calls and was very, very difficult. So you have, yeah, and this is a methodological problem, how to approach Mapuche people. And Mapuche people are very tired of sociologists, anthropologists, linguistics that are go there and say, oh, I want to help you. No, you have to be more aware of that they are a political uh, uh, political and cultural uh, groups that have their own rules. And if, if they want something, they will, you will know. But, but yeah, that, that's a, a big important issue. That's super interesting, Javier. And me being from Colombia, I feel like the Mapuche people are kind of like a reference for a lot of Latin American uh, indigenous communities uh, that haven't been neglect neglected by the governments for so long. So uh, I would like to know a little bit more because I know that Chile just had uh, was about voting about a new constitution and uh, it didn't happen. Uh, and I would like you to tell us how's the Mapuches playing a role in that constitution and how do you see things uh, working out for them in the near future? Yeah, that was very sad. We lose the the election for for the new constitution. Actually, the situation in for indigenous people in Colombia is better than in Chile now because you have almost you, you have some kind of constitutional recognition of indigenous people. In Chile, we have none, none, uh, any kind of, of, of recognition, cultural recognition, political recognition, we don't have anything. And the new constitution project include um, a very strong recognition to indigenous people, including autonomy, uh, the idea of a plurinational uh, society, uh, some jurisdiction uh, in their own land uh, try to have to make uh, to give an answer to the land claims and but sadly we lose that votation and one of the reasons is that the 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 right parties and the media play the card that uh, the new constitution was a, a focus on indigenous people and was kind of attrition for the Chilean nationality. So in, we have our own myth in Chile that we are a mestizo people of 
just a mestizo of two of two original uh, people, Spanish and Mapuche. So we 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 that that myth is very important in our in our uh, nationality, and so they played that card that the new constitution, the new project was focused on in the in indigenous people and they are only the 10% of the population and what happened with us, the mestizo and blah, 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 blah. of course, they were all, all lies. So we have to start all over again. Uh, the indigenous movement, not only the Mapuche people, but all the indigenous people in Chile are, um, in, a, are, are in a reflection about what they're gonna do. But for sure, I think, uh, we will have some improvement in their situation. Uh, they are very aware of their uh, political rights and they have learned a lot of, of how to negotiate uh, politically with the government and how to influence uh, Chilean society. They have a lot of wonderful intellectuals. Their presence is very important in, in, in Chile. So they are they are uh, uh, dealing with this problem, right? But of course, we have to start again to think, okay, but how are we gonna change the constitution? Because, because we still have the constitution of Pinochet, of the dictatorship. So Chile needs a new constitution. And of course, we will need in that constitution more rights for indigenous people. And in that discussion, educational rights, the thing that I want to work and collaborate will be very, very important because one of the ways of avoid violence, of avoid um, uh, more, uh, to try to, miss, to make peaceful relation is education, I believe that. So we have to give them, I am talking about as a Chilean, right? I, we have to give them more uh, control over the educational system in their own areas. That's one specific goal and it's as, as a very peaceful goal. And it's very reasonable, right? They have to make, have more control over education in their own territories. We'll be looking forward to hearing about the, about the results of your research in four years, because it seems like an important and interesting topic. It was very interesting to learn about this. I was gonna say, it's really awesome, uh, your research. And, I've, and I thank you for being on the show. No, thank you for having me, it was a pleasure. All right. And this has been GradCast, the official radio show and podcast of Society of Graduate Students at Western University. I've been your host, Sharon Mandur, and my co-host was Laura. Uh, we've been speaking with Javier Alvarez, and this episode was produced by Laura as well. If you would like to be involved with the show or get in contact with us, email us at gradcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter at at gradcast radio to listen to us or to listen to us we are on radio western 94.9 fm you can also find all our of our episodes on our website at, grad, at gradcast.ca or on podcast apps like podbean itunes and spotify alternately you select episodes have been uploaded to youtube at gradcast radio thank you for listening and have a great day